Welcome back to the ICB News Channel. My name is Rob Marshall and this is day four of Global Bookkeeping Week. We are having so much fun this week talking to various guests and you are tuning in and about to listen to one of the most amazing and uh, incredible people we've had on the show this week. We'll get to her in a moment. But if you haven't listened to the previous three days, uh, you can go back and have a listen and celebrate like we are all things bookkeeping in Australia and in particular celebrating you as a bookkeeper. And, and if you're a business owner tuning in, thank you for tuning in because we value you and what you do on a daily basis in your business doing the books. And uh, we're really, really excited to uh, bring in two, I'm going to call them power women, influencing uh, the space that we we are in on a daily basis around Australia with bookkeeping and in particular using software in bookkeeping. First of all, we'll kick off with the CEO of the ICB, of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, Amanda Linton. Great to have you back again, Amanda. You know, we're on a bit of a journey this week. It's been exciting, hasn't it? It has been, Robin. Thank you. And um, it's been great to join you for the whole week. It's been amazing. And some of the interviews so far have been absolutely outstanding. And I'm sure today is going to be no different. Yeah, really looking forward to this one because she's somebody who is clearly influencing um, the Australian uh, space when it comes to bookkeeping. She is the general manager of SMEs at MYOB and her name is Emma Fawcett. Welcome to the ICB News Channel, Emma. Great to be here. Thank you for having me and in such an important week as well. It is. We, we, you know, I don't know how many people have captured it so far, but we're really on a, a journey to say bookkeepers do incredible things on a daily basis and we want to just not only make the bookkeepers themselves feel valued, but get the general public to understand what bookkeepers do on a daily basis and, and make that a valued thing in, in, our, in our society. So talking society, I called it out at the start, um, both your, yourself and Amanda have uh, such crucial roles every day influencing society and when it comes to bookkeeping. In an industry where women make up a significant portion of the workforce, how do you see the role of female leaders in supporting and uplifting other women? And, and that's what we want to do in this episode is really celebrate the incredible things that women do in the workplace on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I love that about the bookkeeping industry, that it is dominated by women who are running small businesses. I think that is so fabulous. You don't find many industries like that. And I'm really proud that MYOB supports the bookkeeping um, industry. I, I will get to the topic of female leadership and its role in helping other women at the moment. But I do want to comment on that industry and the role of leaders in that. And I think we do have a role to play to continue to make sure that we do have a diverse work workforce yeah. and that we're getting all types of people of every gender and race and ethnicity and all of those great things that diversity brings to our, our industry. So I think as leaders in that space, we do have a duty to continue to support and champion the women in the industry, but also to make sure that we're creating a really diverse um, and robust industry for future. Uh, but having said that, you know, as a, as a female leader in the industry and as a proud champion of other women, I do think we have a role to play to continue to pull up. I call it pulling up the next generation of women. And I think um, we might get to it a bit later in the, in the episode, but I think a lot of that sometimes comes in giving younger women a confidence boost. Yeah. One of the things I see in technology is these fabulous women who are just as capable and talented as the men who don't put their hand up. 
and I have 10 blokes knocking on my door wanting a promotion and none of the women. So I think we need to continue to mentor them, champion them, um, find them opportunities, but most of all, encourage them to believe in themselves. And I think the, the bookkeeping industry is uh, very supportive in that regard in terms of supporting each other. And it's something we're at NYIB really trying to bring into the technology space as well. It's a really important call out, isn't it, Emma? You know, we, we talk about um, things like imposter syndrome impacting on particularly female-dominated um, working environments. We know that the bookkeeping profession is 85% female um, and it's, it is a real challenge, isn't it? I know I have conversations on a daily basis with people who sort of sit back and say, oh, but I couldn't do what you do. And, um, you know, I suppose part of my message to them is that you don't have to hold a title of CEO or general manager or to be a leader. Like you can be mm. a leader on a daily basis and that's where this industry is so unique um, of being able to, for, for um, doesn't matter whether or not it's a, particularly a female leader, to be able to step forward. And uh, and I agree that us part of our role is to help build the confidence of those younger, the younger female leaders that are coming through. Um, and we have some great female leaders, you know, in our community. Um, I look at, I'm just going to call her out because I think she's fabulous, you know, member of ICB, Katie Williams, is doing some really great stuff in our community. And, um, and she's the future of, She's the future of our profession. So when when we think about um, women who might be sort of starting out on this journey, and particularly if they're not necessarily, um, they don't see themselves as a leader as such, what advice do you have for other women who are just starting out or emerging in their leadership positions, um, particularly within our space? Yeah, I, I start by encouraging women to see that leadership is a privilege and it's an honour. And leading, I think women make great people leaders, to be honest, and leaders. I think they have a, a natural empathy and understanding and appreciation for all walks of life. And I think that empathy makes you a great leader. So I, I would say try first to understand that leadership isn't scary and it doesn't have to be this big daunting thing. Sure, yeah. sometimes you're going to have to make some tough decisions, but most of leadership is creating a vision, setting a strategy for whatever your your world might be, aligning people to that and then motivating people to get the best out of them. And I think women are perfectly placed to do that. So the number one piece of advice I always give is believe in yourself. Um, I think believe in yourself and believe that you have those qualities. You will be a great people leader. I rarely meet a woman who's not a great people leader. And most men, to be honest, I think, I think generally human beings, you know, can be great people leaders. Believe in yourself and understand that you can do things that are harder than you think. So when those tough calls come and at all levels of leadership, you know, you will come across tough calls, you have the right stuff in you to make those tough calls. Like you will not, you do it once and it gets like everything, it gets a lot um, easier. And I would say in your leadership journey, as you're starting out, I think it's really important um, to take opportunities that are going to stretch and grow you, even if sometimes they're a sideways step. I see, and and I see a lot of people obsessed with that next step always being up. It's always being up. I've got to, I've got to go up. And sometimes I'm like, the best step you can take right now is sideways, is to move slightly into a different field or with a different set of customers or small business owners and learn something new and add strings to your bow that way. Because the best as a leader, you need a diverse set of skills. So believe in yourself, know that you can make the tough calls and then seize opportunities. And they don't always have to be up. Sometimes a different industry or a different field or, you know, taking on someone else's portfolio is a great way um, to expand your skills. 
And then I would say as well, um, be generous with your time um, and be generous with your learnings and pull those other leaders up um, underneath you as you go. Uh, be the type of leader that you admire in other people, um, I think. And what about you, Amanda? What's your kind of tips in that space? Well, I think you've hit on most of the main points, actually. But um, being able to inspire others, I think, you know, is 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 a really key quality. One of the things that I know when I was on my journey, and for those who are listening who may be a bit familiar with my story, I had my own bookkeeping practice for 12 years before stepping into this role. And the ability to move sideways, as you said, to be able to get a broader understanding of who it is that you're actually leading is really important. And I think sometimes being a good leader means bringing yourself back to the coalface. Mm. So one of the key things that I learned along the way was the ability to be able to step, take a step back, take off my proverbial leadership hat, if you want to call it that, and be one of the team. Mm. And I found that by understanding exactly what was happening, what I was asking my team to achieve, by me stepping back down into that, even if it be temporarily, it gave me the opportunity to understand what it was I was actually asking them to do. Um, you know, so for me, that was probably one of the biggest learnings that I had. But you know, look, I know I had mentors and you know, coaches along the way. and But I have to say, Emma, none of them were, were women. You know, I had these male coaches and leaders and mentors and, you know, one of them, funny enough, former CEO of MYB, um, he was great. You know, um, Tim helped me a lot, particularly when I took this role. What, um, what role do you think that mentorship and sponsorship mm-hmm. play, though, in creating that supporting environment um, for women to continue to develop those skills, um, especially given the fact that, as I said, in my case, I didn't have access to female leaders mm. um, through. But do you think, do you have any notable experiences or stories of where maybe you've helped mentor or support someone or someone's helped mentor or support you? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, glad you mentioned both mentorship and sponsorship there because I do think they're different. Yeah. And I think for any emerging leader um, or, you know, wannabe leader or or bookkeeper starting out or business owner starting out, um, knowing the difference between a mentor and a sponsor and using both appropriately is really important. And just for anyone who might not know, a mentor is, I treat a mentor as someone I take everything to. I am showing my vulnerabilities, showing my weaknesses, going, help me, I am stuck with this and really getting advice from versus a sponsor is someone in an industry or a position or a role that I think can help me get my next step. So I'm building a relationship with them, but I'm trying to show them more of my best side, my capable side, my employ me, I'm fabulous, you know, invite me, give me an opportunity um, side. And uh, without knowing it in my career, I was developing both. I I, um, wasn't always in this industry. I worked in a very male-dominated industry and I was very lucky to have a female sponsor. Looking back now, she was definitely a sponsor. She spotted something in me and went out of her way to kind of, when she got promoted, drag me up underneath her and, and I wouldn't be where I am um, today without her. And she 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 encouraged me to find mentors inside the industry and outside the industry um, who I could bounce things off. And she encouraged me to find an array of mentors, someone who was really good at leadership, someone who was good at the technical craft and to use those uh, mentors in that way. And they've been so valuable to me in terms of I, I appreciate that mentor relationship and I think if you find a good mentor, show that appreciation. You know, I used to give them the Christmas gift and make sure they knew how much I valued their time and never wa- never waste your mentors or your sponsors' time. And then they, they some of my crunchiest things when I was really torn with the decision, being able to toss it around with 
someone and, and list the pros and cons and, and get some advice um, outside your boss. Bosses are very good person as well, but you, you don't always want to show your boss you're a bit stuck with something. So I think mentors um, and sponsors are really important and I've tried always to pay that back. So I have about five people um, that I mentor at the moment and a couple I am sponsoring and I I what I've learned now, and you're probably the same, Amanda, is being a mentor to others. I get as much joy out of those sessions as I do my own mentoring sessions with my mentors. I love helping people. I love meeting ambitious people a lot younger than me now. I'm getting on a bit long in the tooth, but a lot younger than me now and hel- and helping them and having yep. them say at the end, geez, that was, you've really helped me. Uh, it makes me feel great. So I, I love that. And I didn't expect to, but I, I absolutely love mentoring people. It's, it is a really, truly rewarding, re, sorry, rewarding thing to give back, isn't it? To, um, to give back to those people that you can see, particularly those you can see some real potential in, I think. Yeah. Um, and I'm the same. Like I love being able to, uh, to be able to mentor someone you know, along their journey. And I certainly don't have all the answers, you know, um, I, you know, to a, to a great extent, I wonder sometimes how I got here. Um, you know, as I say, it was leveraging off relationship building and those kinds of things. Um, one of the other things, this is probably a bit of a question without notice, Emma, but um, one of the things that I also found was um, as a leader, being able to be prepared to say, actually, I didn't get that right. And having a little bit of that vulnerability about you, yeah. about the fact that I don't sit in this ivory tower, I don't always make the right call. Um, have you? How have you found that that's helped with the interaction with those that you've led um, in varying roles? Because I know in my position, I've actually found that to be, it, it helps me connect with my team better, um, helps me to connect with the people around to sort of say that, you know what, sometimes I don't have it all together, sometimes I do stuff it up. Sometimes I make the wrong call, you know, because the reality is, is mm-hmm. most of us have taken a couple of steps backward at some point in our career. Yeah, and sometimes you're just in a bad mood and it's okay to be there. Yeah. It's <laughs> that as well. We're all humans. <laughs> Too I, true. I think the longer you spend in leadership, and I've been in a people leadership role now, I was thinking about it, reflecting coming into this for, for going on 20 years, I think you get more confident in your position as a leader and being vulnerable like that gets easier. I certainly in my early days wouldn't have wanted to say to my team, I don't know the answer here. I think it takes great confidence as a leader to say, I didn't quite get that right. Oh, guys, I'm stuck here too. And yep. I think um, great leaders build diverse teams. I know when I, I create a team, I'm looking for technical skill um, and people leadership skill, but equally I'm looking for, I try and, and and get diversity in the team. Is that person a really creative thinker? Is that ver- person very pragmatic? Is that person, you know, a challenger so that we don't get groupthink? And I try and make sure that we've got a team like that. And then if you build a great team, often your role as the leader is to stand there and say, we've got a challenge, guys, or an opportunity. What's the best way we can attack that and actually be the last person to speak because I find as a leader, as soon as you state your position, you will get some members of your team default to your position. So I try and ask questions and facilitate a conversation and try and listen. I like to talk, so sometimes it's a bit hard. And then volunteer my um, opinion last and my thought last because quite often I'm amazed at what a smart, talented group of people with a bit of facilitation can come up with. And I think I definitely, I definitely am very comfortable admitting now that I get things wrong and I think when your team they that builds trust right like I like working for Emma I know that if she gets something wrong she's going to admit it so I think that vulnerability is really important 
yeah, and as I've already said at another another one of these interviews this week, um, you know, not being the smartest person in the room, but definitely being the wisest. And I think that's exactly what you've just called out there of being the last person to speak. So when we talk about all of those elements um, of making a good leader, and we kind of take that, as I said, you don't have to hold a leadership title in order to be a leader, and I'm a really big believer in that. What do you think are the key factors that, when we're talking about the bookkeeping industry, what do you think are the key factors that make this an, an appealing career choice for maybe the next generation of the professionals coming through? We're seeing an ageing profession in both accounting and bookkeeping and being able to inspire those younger people you know, like the Katie Williams of the world um, who mm. are, are really stepping up and taking ownership of that. Yeah, I think it is a hugely appealing career. And the more I've gotten to know this industry over the past few years, the more certain I am that. But if I can be brutally honest, I think we've got a we've got a brand perception challenge we've got to address a little bit with bookkeeping. I think we've got to sex bookkeeping up a bit because when I look at the role, I think it's such a fantastic role. You are integral to your local community. You're a small, you're often a business owner yourself, sometimes a big business owner, sometimes a small business owner, and you are helping other small business owners to be successful. Like you are absolutely integral to your community. I think that's like, talk about purpose, having a real purpose to life ticks that box. And you're also working in an industry that really is at the cutting edge of technology. Like when you think about where accounting, accounting software was developed 32 years ago, like MYAB, first one, OG, let's go us. But like, it's, it's amazing, right? Like you are in an industry where the rate of technological advancement is huge versus other industries. And you get to experience that and be really at the bleeding edge of things like AI and new technology coming through. And you get to apply that to your, and help your customers and apply it within your business. So you've got like amazing purpose-driven work, really cool kind of tech-savvy, forward-thinking work for those that are really ambitious in that space. You're going to learn great skills that other people are not as a bookkeeper, commercial acumen, finance, you know, financial acumen, and then add into that, um, I've got a few friends who are bookkeepers, the flexibility that can come with that role as well. You can be, you can have as big a business as you want, or you can have a, a lifestyle business where you can work hours that suit your life. And we employ a lot of, um, you know, millennials or Gen Zs or whatever they are these days. And I tell you what, that ticks a huge, that ticks all the boxes for them. They all want purpose. They all want to know that we spend a lot of time talking about purpose and meaning and help business, how we help businesses start, survive, succeed. They don't want to show up for a paycheck. They want to know that they're having an impact in the world. They want to know that the work they're doing is cool like technology, and they want flexibility. They're not giving up their passions and their hobbies for work. Like you've got to be willing to give them that Friday afternoon off or that Wednesday. And I, I, I just think it's such an attractive industry in that sense. And it sort of harks back a bit to my answer about diversity. I think we've got to go out there and get more Katie's but also some more younger men seeing what an amazing industry yeah. that is and some more diversity and do a bit of a rebranding job and, and give bookkeeping the sex appeal that it, it deserves. So this is where I'm going to jump back in. I've been sitting here very quietly, absolutely loving this. This is so good, so good. And I hope you as a listener is are really taking this in. This is a conversation that um, really it's impacting on me just listening. So thank you, Emma, for what you are sharing and Amanda. We talk about young talent 
And you mentioned 32 years ago. So, Emma, 32 years ago, I've still got my MYOB best books uh, discs from 1991 that I, you know, stuck in my uh, Windows 3.11 computer back then. So back then, and I was only seven at the time, just quietly, if somebody's <laughs> trying to do the math, but um, <laughs> we we did have a very young, talented bookkeeping group coming through at that time. And many of us, <laughs> many of those listening in were on the similar journey to me. Um, Amanda's nodding. She wasn't quite there. She was only three at the time. But um, <laughs> basically, your, your call out about that is really important. And, and right now, I think that that is one of the, the challenges for us is that the talent uh, to create successful bookkeepers coming through is exactly that, just a challenge. So MYB have always taken that uh, really seriously. So do you want to give us some insights? We, we've talked a lot about, about women and the importance of women in the, in the workplace, but maybe more broadly, and you mentioned young men as well, how can educational institutions and industry organisations and organisations like the one you work for, MYOB, prepare Mm -hmm. better young talent, you think, moving forward in the bookkeeping space? Yeah, I think think any successful industry gets a really strong connection all the way through, right? So career pathways right from school into tertiary education into the career force, if you make that really seamless. So I think... All of us, industry bodies, the technology providers and the education institutions have a role to play in this. I don't think any one party can do it alone. But I look to the programs, say we have at MYAB trying to get more women into our technology teams here and we have Future Makers Academy and Develop Her. And I look at Develop Her and I wonder if that might not be something that has applications in this industry where we deliberately go out and we offer scholarships to women from all walks of life to get them into technology. And we have returning to work mums. We have in the latest intake, we had a pharmacist who said, I just got sick of sitting behind a chemist counter and wanted to do something different. And I saw the promotion. <laughs> we use social media and things like that a lot. And we offer a, a fully fledged pathway into becoming a developer with MYAB on an accelerated pathway. So it's like, if you've got the aptitude, we will take you no matter what your background and we will put you into our developer program and we will give you all the skills that you need. And that's been really successful for us in getting more women into MYAB that way. But that is a collaboration between us and some tertiary educations and, you know, some, some, I don't even know where we exactly where we go to find the women, but that's a very targeted program that we've run over a number. I think from Tim's days, trying to get more more women, we we really want more diversity in that sense. So I look at our industry and I think, how can we position pathways like that? That if you want, you know, more of a particular type of person in the industry, how do we go out and find them and create those accelerated pathways and sponsorships? Because I think the developer program is a sponsorship, right? So how do we create sponsorships where we can go and find the type of people you want in your industry? Those you know will be great change champions and will be great advocates for the industry and bring them through and nearly fund them so that they can go into bookkeeping and then you can hero them because you can't be what you can't see. So we've got to go out and find those people and bring them in and then those people will be get other people joining. So I think that's really important. I think keeping the curriculum up to date, we do a lot of work with the universities and TAFEs here and in New Zealand, making sure that they've got the latest version of software and we're all about um, really trying to keep the educators up to date with technology. It's moving so fast so that they can, you know, make sure that they're creating graduates who are coming out 
uh, ready to work, able to use the technology, but also helping position that as exciting. So when yeah. students are going to career yeah. days and they've got these courses there, the educators can talk about the cutting edge AI that they're going to get to learn about using technology. Like I, So I think it starts there. And then I think as well, I think about um, guest lecturing and workshops for students that we could run together. So how could we put on information days and career pathways, as I said, um, inviting them to industry events. So how do we get students to come along to industry events? Free food, free alcohol. That's my hot tip. <laughs> um, joining forces to host um, competitions for students. So as I said, sponsoring an award and some career pathways. And we'd certainly be really interested to talk to you guys about how we how we do that. And there might be some learnings in our program that we could apply. But I think, yeah, so I know that was a long answer, but I think it's a three, a three have to work together, industry bodies, technology companies and education institutions to go and nearly you know, create this really appealing package that prospective students when they're assessing it. And then I think even get into high schools. How do you get the career counsellors in high schools saying, hey, you're very numerically savvy and, you know, here's a great career path that you might not otherwise have considered. We, um, we, we absolutely champion everything you just said, Emma, and certainly that is the thrust of ICB moving forward. Certainly the position or the role that I have at ICB is very much that educational piece. Mm. And what I liked most about what you just said, I liked everything you said just by the way, although we do also call out that we uh, promote drink responsibly. Um, oh, yes, but always, yeah, yeah, yeah. always. <laughs> I just said free food and yeah. some of drinks can be watered down. Yeah. But the thing I think I'm, I enjoyed the most was when you said about let's drive some excitement, some energy about this, let's really get people to understand. That's what I I know I felt in 1991, 92, when I jumped on the MYAB train and we're, we're suggesting just bookkeeping more generally, the excitement in the air mm. through the 90s and into the early 2000s when GST came in, all those things that are ancient history now. But I know how exciting that can be and that there's no reason why that can't continue. And uh, that's that, that's one of the best call-outs that I think uh, I've heard around the importance of getting that back into the workplace. Is mm. that excitement and that energy, that's really what I'd, we're looking for. I'd add one more um, thinking about it. Like we are in a wave of digitisation for small businesses that is just unprecedented. Yeah. We're going to, in 10, 15 years, look back and think, wow, wait. Yep. The average small business owner is adding two pieces of software to their kit every year and they're spending an absolute fortune doing so. And they're going to need advisors who can teach them how to stitch all of that together and teach them how that works to run their business efficiently. Like what an opportunity. So, it's such a key, it's such so a key call out, isn't it? You know, we talk about um, system design and system maintenance and making sure that, you know, it's all it's one thing to have technology in play. But it has to be cohesive. We have to have a framework that it all works together and works, um, you know, we know it's tech. doesn't always work seamlessly. We know, you know, every sort of tech um, provider out there understands the fact that stuff happens at times. But being able to have a cohesive environment, as you say, a digital environment that we can actually guide, and I think that's where, as you say, the future of our space, and that's the excitement I think Rob's talking about. And I know, you know, my journey was a bit the same, being at the front of the, you know, I remember when they first talked about cloud accounting, it was like, we're, we're at the forefront of this cloud accounting. And, you know, and I remember that being so, being so excited about being part of that journey. And as you say, that just continues. You know, now we're talking about AI, I suppose, a little bit like we did cloud accounting, although as we know, that's not necessarily new to the space either. 
Yeah, imagine a, imagine a role description you could write, like want to help small businesses prosper, want to be a trusted advisor, helping them navigate, you know, the technology, the technology landscape, want to be instrumental to the running of the business. Oh, and, you know, and all this is bookkeeping. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. I love it. Oh, we're on a That's dance great. move now that you could just get into on repeat. But unfortunately, we do have to bring this episode to an end. It's been such an insightful conversation today. I've really enjoyed the banter in particular between Amanda and Emma and uh, I hope you as a listener have, look, if you if you haven't taken it all in, beauty of podcasting is go back and listen to it all over again. Uh, the opportunity to hear some wonderful insights are there for you today. Um, Amanda, I'll, uh, I'll let you, you cue into the, to the back end of this and uh, then we'll give Emma the last word, I reckon. Thanks, Rob. Emma, thank you so much for the conversation today. Um, I heard you speak a few months ago at an event and, um, you know, as I say, was inspired by what I heard then and you've just backed that up with the conversation we've just had around leadership today. So thank you so much for being part of Global Bookkeeping Week with us. Uh, it's been great to have, um, yeah, as I say, I like you, I'm a champion for female leaders and uh, say, and being able to uh, have this conversation with you today has been absolutely excellent. So thank you so much for being involved. But over to you for the for any parting thoughts before we wrap up. Yeah, thank you both so much for having me. Um, I really enjoyed it today and hopefully there was some useful tidbits in there for your audience. But to the audience, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for the work that you do helping the small businesses of the world uh, be successful. Um, they're so integral to the economy and you play such an important role with them. And from um, and on behalf of MYOB, thank you for your continued support of our business as well, because we couldn't do what we do without you. So in Global Bookkeeping Week, I say, let's continue to kick goals together and looking forward to next year's and we'll do an even bigger and better podcast next year. Absolutely. Brilliant, Emma. Absolutely brilliant. What a great way to wrap this episode up. Um, it is Global Bookkeeping Week. It's day four. We've got one day to go. Make sure you join in tomorrow. Um, myself, Amanda and our ICB Executive Director, Matthew Addison, are going to do a wrap of the whole week. So join us tomorrow if you're listening back down the track. Well, you can just go back and listen to them in any order you want to. But right now, thank you to Emma Fawcett, the uh, the General Mes uh, Manager of SMEs at NY. AB, nearly got that one out the wrong way, but uh, I'll go with I'm Rob Marshall, the general manager of I don't know what anymore. But anyway, we'll go with we'll go go with thank you, Emma. It's been so enjoyable to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Amanda, as usual. And to you, the listener, thank you. Join join us again tomorrow, day five of Global Bookkeeping Week. 